Mike, Mike. This is another episode, episode of Interview with Rome. Rome. Check it out. so different from Virginia Beach for you? <laughs> I would say the, the diversity was different. I mean, I grew up in an area that was probably a third white, the third Filipino, or third black. And moving to Suffolk, I guess it was more like 50-50. It was just a completely different mindset, completely different group of people. I mean, I met some of my lifelong friends there, but yeah, it was different than growing up in my beach. Okay. So, we touched on your That is a shot, by the way, nurse practitioners. Yeah. All you nurse practitioners, that's a shot. I mean, technically it's just different. We're trained to think like doctors, write like doctors, right. talk like doctors. So. Okay. Well, how many years of experience do you have in that field? Um, I graduated from school in 2017. So, yeah, yeah. What school you went to? We should, that school should remain nameless. Okay. <laughs> right. You heard that? Um, but... Before doing that, I was a scientist for a vaccine company. I mean, I've been a scientist my entire life, basically. Okay. That's dope. Black scientists. You yeah, know? we need more of them. Yeah, for sure. So, let me ask you, since we talked about you being a black scientist, how do you feel about being a black woman in the workforce? Oh, it's always interesting when you are the token black woman. Right. Um, when I started with my pharmaceutical company, I was one of the only black females who actually had a degree at the company. Mm-hmm. So... 
that meant I got to meet a lot of our clients. Um, I actually became a part of like the welcome crew for our international clients. But I feel like as a black female, you're always having to represent the race, even if you necessarily don't want to. Especially if people have like questions and they don't want to sound racist or they're just trying to learn about the culture. Because one of my closest friends um, that I met, she didn't have any black friends. There were no black people at her high school. And I think they named her first child. Like, I love her. I love her baby Ella. So, you know, but when you are a black female, you have to be, and sometimes you have to be better. You just can't be regular. You're expected to do better, not to make mistakes. I mean, you're expected to set the bar pretty high. So extraordinary. You're expected to be. Uh-huh. Because we are. Uh-huh. You know that. Yeah. You do know that, right? And naturally, we just are extraordinary. And it's no shot against anybody else. But I mean, everybody's all extraordinary. You just have to pull that out. And as far as society goes, um, you, you know, we both know how society treats um, the coloreds or black people or whatever term is current for our era. You know what I mean? And of course, all of that is out of fear. But what else would you fear? You don't fear anybody that's doing less than you. You only fear those that do more than you. You know what I'm saying? What do you feel like is the biggest misconception about you as the black woman? Personally, or a black woman in general? Just you. Just me. Mm-hmm. But I'm bougie. Mm-hmm. Don't make me air you out on your own interview. <laughs> I thought you did. Your little bougie ass. <laughs> 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 you said you tell a weird story. Oh no, I don't know. I mean, I think I've heard before that black women are unapproachable and that, you know, we have high standards. But it's also, it's a different time and age. Interesting. That's a very interesting uh, perspective. As far as like, you know, say like you said, you're out here doing it on your own, right? So you could do it on your own. So how? What about the aspect of like family? Do you do you yourself want a family? I I want a family eventually. I'm not saying that people want to be 100 percent on their own, but I think you can have a balance between the two. But I think you know, back in the day, women necessarily weren't allowed to have jobs. You weren't allowed to be in the workplace. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like we don't need to depend upon somebody else. Like I get that. We can bring somebody else in, and we can do something together. But it's not a situation where I'm like I'm waiting for someone to give me my allowance for the week, or I'm waiting to go. You know. Yeah, I get that part. But what about the? Um, I lost my train of thought. And I'm gonna keep that in. I'm actually gonna keep that in the interview. Me losing my train of thought. But as far as, like, say you, you as a woman, and like, so obviously, you know, saying that you don't need anyone and all, you know, not need any man or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Need a man, and because of the situation and all that stuff, like with the with the money and all of that. So that same, what do you think about the concept that this idea that a woman doesn't need a man in today's society like would you want to be with somebody who feels like they don't need you i'm just being honest i mean let's say we're in a relationship right and i'm with you right we get into a disagreement and i say it's not like i need you how are you going to feel about that But, what, but you get what I'm saying? You see what I mean? Like, I know, because you're not the only woman that says that. And it's not just with black women. But I know for this particular question, you know, obviously talk about you with the misconception of you as a black woman. But I just want, um, I want women, people really, to, to think about what we're actually projecting to people. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it sounds great in theory. I don't need anybody and all that other shit. Well, I wasn't necessarily saying that. Let's talk about what we talked about last night when it comes to finances. Oh, you and your comment? That's my comment. That I feel that I feel that uh, some women are very are not oh, good with some money. Some women. No, I didn't say all. Oh, okay. You did. You do remember that, right? You weren't that. Yeah. Come on, stay with me now. Okay. 
Just like you said that I don't need nobody when it comes to that. Yeah, you were talking about the finances, so let's let's get it corrected. If you if you're gonna quote me, you got to quote me right. But um, what I'm saying is that yeah, some women are not great with finances, and you might I believe you have some of them maybe for friends, maybe some people you know in their life that don't make they don't do good with financial purchases. They do you know they they buy stuff when they get depressed. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. Yeah. Yeah. But a man buys, you know, is it common that a man just goes out and buy, he buys random stuff, a game, shoes, hats? Buying shoes, but I'm saying out of depression. You don't think they do? It's possible. Oh. It's very possible. You know? But what I'm saying is like, you know, people will say that then. Fuck it. People. Uh, all right? But women in this case, but <laughs> people. <laughs> people, but yeah, people. Some people are not financially literate. I we'll say that. We'll say that. We can we can come to an agreement on that. That's what we'll do. Good teamwork. Yeah, still talking about women. That's uh, you know. But, uh, <laughs> in all seriousness, what do you feel is your biggest issue with our society? Current issue or in general? You can answer both. your knowledge of the career of your career field, I mean. Right. Um, I think at this point that we have enough data to support people going ahead and getting it. I respect people's opinion and I respect people who are saying they don't want to do it. I don't fully understand it. Okay. But I you know, I I respect it. And I mean, don't get me wrong, when it first got offered out to the public, I was like, hold up now. I mean I have my own reservations, but it's because I've actually been on the other end of it. Okay. I have made FDA uh, vaccines before. Okay. I know how much it takes. Sounds very familiar. So even even when it comes to religion, it's like that too. You know, well, with certain black folk, as far as you ask them, like why did they go and like why did they worship this and all this other stuff? And it's like, oh, because my mama did it or whatever, because you're supposed to. But I'm again, and this is not saying that we shouldn't worship God or we shouldn't believe in God or we shouldn't be Christians or you should be Christian. But the idea of doing something without knowing why you're doing it just seems a little suspect to me. You know what I mean? So, on the subject of the vaccine, what do you make of people that are hesitant to get the vaccine, but when a new Ciroc or a new vodka or some new uh, the Pop, Popeye's chicken sandwich comes out or, you know what I'm saying? Or a new, just a new anything, you know what I mean? Not just, you know, uh, that, but it's like something new comes out, we're quick to jump on the bandwagon. We don't try to say, oh, well, what the hell's in the in the chicken sandwich? We don't say what's in the, I don't know, like that. The multivitamin I take every day, that's not FDA approved. Yeah, so, you know what I'm saying? So, so like stuff like that. So what do you make of, you know what I'm saying, people that have that concept? So, N95 basically means that mask filters out 
percent of all um, particles which are less than 0.2 microns in size but you actually can go on amazon and get an n94 which is like the korean equivalent and i think you actually can get uh n93s also but what i will say is that people who are walking around here with like a cloth mask on like the steelers mask or their red skin mask or their Go girl mask, anything. Are you taking shots at these no, cloth no, masks? Is that no. what's happening right now? Yeah, I am. Uh, <laughs> I mean, technically they are. Just so. had a Rick James moment right there. <laughs> I, I don't remember stepping on that his couch. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember stepping on that his couch. Technically, I mean, people don't realize that that cloth mask is a step above nothing. Mm, yeah, a step above nothing. It's not close to anything so you're just killing all illusions right now that we're being safe when really we just out here passing this damn disease and then when we say I don't know how I caught it it's because of this damn cloth mask is what you're saying absolutely I tell people when you watch the news and you see the doctors in the hospital do you ever see them walking around with a no Patriots mask on can they make Patriot uh, M95 masks I'm sure they do but do you see that on TV or do you see them walking around with an M95 and the Navy hood what about that you remember, yeah, like at the comedy show, and uh, they were talking, and D-Ray was talking about the motherfuckers that wear the Mega Man mask, that, that clear shit. Oh God, <laughs> they need to throw those yeah. in the trash. Yeah, that, it's just for, so it's just for looks, then, right? I mean, what is the concept with the clear mask? So air and the COVID's not gonna go underneath the bottom part. <laughs> That's one thing. I don't know who made those up, but that is the worst. Yeah, I was just. You know, just curiosity, you know, I say just getting your expert opinion. Because, like I said, I'm like, you can still get the, the air. The air's going to get, you ain't want to trap inside <laughs> the, this, that Mega Man, um, Power Ranger, whatever, you, we'll spaceship. About getting fogged up and riding on yeah, the Yeah, exactly. Because 
I was on an academic scholarship. So we were kind of babied in a certain sense, but we were the smart kids on campus. But I went to an HBCU. So at the HBCU, you have um, professors that kind of mentor you, they kind of walk you through school, they push you, they can be really hard on you, but you can actually go to them often after hours. They're very supportive. I know for me, one of my professors was Dr. Tamitha Jervy. And if it hadn't been for Dr. Jervy, I would have never finished school. I wouldn't have graduated. But she even pushed me after I graduated. And actually, um, a friend from school named Steven Small just posted about this this week because now he teaches at Buffalo State. And he was talking about giving back to his students. So when you're at the HBCU, you feel like all professors, well, not all, but they're there because they care. And so you kind of get a jaded viewpoint, or at least I did it, about colleges. So when I went to my master's program, it was at a predominantly a PWI, a white school. And we used to have a teacher at North State who used to say, your competition is not each other. Your competition is white, Anglo-Saxon, Protestant males. And Dr. Hall actually write it on the board at the beginning of the semester. So going to a white school for my master's, and not saying that all white schools are like this. It's a real private, small, Hogwarts-looking school in Memphis. <laughs> and I've never been a part of a situation where you actually have professors that are looking forward to you not doing well. That are actually actively trying to figure out a way for you not to complete the program. And for me, that was a completely different place to be when it dealt with my education. And I'm grateful I made it through. I mean, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about preservation. I learned a lot about making it through situations. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's to the point that I remember one time I was doing an exam. It was an in-person hands-on exam. I finished whatever station I was at, and one of the professors actually walked up to me and said, oh, I guess there is hope for you after all. And I'm like, well, God darn, this is in the middle of the test. Like, is that a compliment or is that an insult? It's like nice, nasty, you know. So I dealt with a lot of unnecessary drama. So, but I made it through. If it hadn't been for my family and for my Memphis crew, I wouldn't have graduated. But the whole situation was not the whole time, but that was a traumatic two and a half years. Okay. I want to thank you for sharing that account of what happened. Now, let me ask you this. Do you feel like that particular, those particular professors were in fear of your excellence? I'm not really sure what like, the issue was. It could have been partially that. I mean, situations kind of turned, and they tried to do some foul stuff, and they lost. There's ways to keep you down. you have to be better, but you just are automatically being judged because you are black. 
you know, you can't be the one that gets loud when you get bad customer service. Or if you do get loud, then you're like, oh, you're the loud black person. But then you're like, well, okay, don't worry about it. I'm not going to get loud with you. I'm just going to write corporate, which I have a habit of doing if I have bad service. Because if I'm going to pay my money, you're going to treat me correctly. So I don't get loud in the moment. We just handle it later. You know, what we talked about earlier today with the idea that um, people are going to talk about you anyway, regardless so you might as well just do what you want you know what I mean do what you feel because you are a person when we start moving with those limitations that's what keeps us in a box you know what I'm saying people are going to talk that's fine they can have their fears and, and all that stuff but we have to get to a point where um, we're not afraid to be black in a sense you know but it's also there's certain things that have I feel like there's things that have been put into the the black community to kind of make us look like buffoons or something, you know what I mean? That type of shit. And so I understand what you mean as far as like being in, in the public eye and, and having behaving obnoxiously like the young lady did you know what I mean, like behind us, but she was enjoying herself. That's a, that's the other side of looking at it. I mean, you know it I mean? was. Yeah, she laughed. I mean, it's very obnoxious laugh. Kick it. I mean, she knows how to stomp. Kicking the chair. She knows how to stomp. What's she kicking the chair? She was hitting the chair, hitting the back of your chair, yeah. hitting my chair. Yeah, she just was... A lot. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot. I mean, even in that moment, at least we were at a comedy show. I mean, I'm not saying that you have to, like, censor yourself, but I'm always about, like, even if that moment, if I go off or I scream at a restaurant or something like that, it's not a learning situation. If I take the time to write corporate, who actually will email me back the next day, it now becomes a situation where maybe you can learn from what happened and we can grow from it. Mm-hmm. But just causing a scene or just even flipping out in the middle of the store, there's no change to that. In my opinion, at least. Uh, and it's well respected. Uh, how do you cope when stress hits? It depends. COVID has made that kind of difficult. And why is that? COVID like stopped a lot of stuff. I mean, everybody stopped for a little bit. But, like, for me, coping is going out and doing something with my friends, whether it be going to the movies. Like, we used to go to the movies weekly um, and do, like, the uh, Tuesday night or Wednesday night movie special. Like, me and five friends would get together whenever the movie came out. Like, that was the coping thing for me. It's got to be Tuesday, not to cut you off, because Tuesday is half off at movie theaters. So, you know, if you go oh, okay. on to, yeah, movie Tuesdays is oh, okay. with half off. So, save it's not half off. It's not half off at the Paradiso. It's a couple dollars off. It's not half off. Paradiso's nice. Yeah. Well, um, that's bougie again. Just having your bougie moments. I mean, they are. We're all in this together. But no, I try to find like different things that are peaceful for me. Like for me, that's crafting, or reading, or like I said, the movies is a good outlet. But usually for me, it's hanging out with my friends. Superhero birthday party or Jurassic Park movie theme weekend. Right. Just something to kind of hang out with the homies. I got you. So what do you love most about your friends? That my friends unconditionally love me. My friends allow me to be myself. My friends accept me with my quirky ways, my overprotectiveness, my talk too much, my sometimes too loud. My They just love me. And they were there for me when they didn't have to be. I feel like it's one thing to call somebody your friend when everything is going well, but when you have those kind of down moments in your life, and those people are still there, and they support you, I mean, even to the point, one of my best friend's family would be like, come pick up your food on Sunday, and it would be my food for like the whole week during school, and ask for it, she would like, just come get it, or my other friend would be like, you know, do you need me to be a body for you, come do an exam on me, or just even just calling and texting and being like, you're okay, you know, you got this, and not even just school, just anything that's happened throughout life, um, even back to my friends from college, I mean, I have some people that I truly say at this point are my family, and there's nothing that I wouldn't do for them, I mean, I don't get to talk to them as much as I would like to, but it doesn't mean that my big sister didn't call me right now, that I wouldn't pick up the phone, there was something she needed, I would absolutely give it to Faye in a heartbeat, you know, so, I'm grateful for the people that actually call my friends, I mean, literally calling my family. Alright, now here's the challenge for you. What don't you like about your friends? What don't I like about my friends? Yeah. I don't know. 
but sometimes I have to convince them a little bit too much to try to do stuff. Like, for example, in February, we went pescatarian, or how you call it. Oh, well, you mean a uh, provincial or <laughs> No. Episcopalian. Um, uh, Whatever. <laughs> yeah, I had to try to reel my friends in for that. I'm like, come on, guys, let's go pescatarian for February. But a group of us. doesn't want to be an equestrian like you. Oh, it doesn't matter. They did it after a whole lot of convincing. Um, but two of them, Allison and Justin, are still pescatarian since February. So, but I have to beg them to do it with me. You know, there's not much I can say I don't like about my friends. They're my family. That's good. So, I mean, you kind of touched on just a little bit, so I want to dive a little bit more into it. But what do you like to do in your spare time? I 
kind of definitely was like a, a somber reminder that we have to just value this life because you just never know. Yeah. And we're not in control as much as we think we are. You want to tell them about your, um, about the, uh, the, the big step you took in going into a Kroger? <laughs> Afterwards. Like, <laughs> really? No, I, mean, I honestly thought you was going into the one where the shooting was. That was and you were just like, like an assumption. It was an assumption. You're right. I miss. <laughs> I misunderstood it. <laughs> it's just like, Terrible. wait a minute. So you, no, no, no. You, no, tell the story correctly. I told this young man over here that I was a little apprehensive about going to Kroger for my next trip because I go weekly. And what I said was, I'm not sure how I'm feel going into Kroger next week. And your statement was, oh, something I don't remember. Yeah, if you're going to quote me, you better quote me right. <laughs> but what I'm saying was, I was under the impression that you were going into the very same Kroger that where the shooting was. <laughs> and it turns out, it went to the Kroger that's how many miles away? Yeah, it wasn't even the same Kroger. I mean, that's good for you personally, like with your own mind and stuff like that, because it's everything is all in your mind. You know, it's all about how you interpret shit. <laughs> but I honestly thought that's what just got with me with the story. I was right. like, this is the kind of support. I, I thought that you were going into the very same Kroger with the shooting. I was like, I can understand that, but you're going to another. I just said Kroger. in general, the step into the program. Here I am telling you that I'm so proud. I'm I ain't the Kroger. I mean, it's and great. I don't have any anxiety, and then you're like. It's more about me. You're like, wait, it's not the same Kroger? It ain't, you're like, this ain't, like, your situation is valid. That's legitimate. How you feel about that, that is valid. You know, oh, and, and how you feel. Now. No, it was just me, because, like, my, I'm talking about me, because I interpreted it wrong. I was like, yeah, she ain't even going in the same Kroger, so like, yo, look like something happened at McDonald's. Somebody, hey, there was a robber at the McDonald's over, oh, shit. I can't go get my double cheeseburger, my two for six, you know, <laughs> like, because <laughs> McDonald's is <laughs> No, that is, no, that, that story was awesome. That was great. But I mean, in, in all seriousness, for your own uh, me- mental, it's great that you were able to overcome that because a lot of people don't. They literally get stuck in a traumatic state and it's like, I'm never leaving the house again. Like imagine for those people during the uh, work there, or even like let's go further back to like the times of the, the Holocaust, not wanting to leave your house for fear of that. Like I can imagine what some people, you know, again PTSD. Period Absolutely. is what we're talking about here. Um, but no, that's like I said. That's I think that was great that you were able to um, to overcome that. Um, I mean, who would have ever thought the sushi man would come back and shoot people? Like, honestly, at this point, he got fired. I mean, obviously, he was dealing with something and came in and shot the people. But I don't know how the rest of the world is. But in Memphis, you can get a job. Like, the Popeyes is hiring by me, and they are paying $14 an hour, and they're paying weekly. Ain't no That's sushi at Popeyes. Ain't no sushi at Popeyes. Ain't no sushi at Popeyes. No, but still. I don't. But uh, you know what? Honestly, with the Coke that they have inside that sandwich, I don't doubt that Popeyes could come up with sushi fry that thing and put it into like a California roll or a Nebraska roll, whatever type of roll, you know, dragon roll, any, anything like that, you know. But, I mean, I, uh, saw, I saw a meme the other day that said, honestly, the roll has not been right since the Popeye's chicken sandwich came out and since people did the little room challenge. part of that. You got no problem getting down with a TikTok challenge but you question something to save your life. Bitch. <laughs> just, I'll take the, you know what, let's do the Tide uh, tablet, Tide Pod challenge. Uh, no worries. There's no problem. I can do that. Hold on. You got a vaccine that's going to save my life? Oh, nah, nigga. Hold up. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do that. You like it. I love it. Um, where do you see yourself in five years with your life? Oh, man. In five years. Um, well, Lord willing, still a PA. Um, hopefully still at the VA hospital, hoping things, which I 
definitely want to hopefully be like a 50 50 split between research and also being a medical provider. It's definitely where I see myself in five years or less. Okay. And with my new Tesla. Alright. So, we get into more, uh, some. I don't know, not necessarily like hobbies, but just a little bit more in depth of fun things about Lauren. So, <laughs> what is, what's your morning routine? Kicking people in the back of the damn chair, smacking and shit, wearing Mega Man hats. Uh, um, but what's your favorite food? That's an easy one. My favorite food is seafood and Chinese food. Did you see the excitement? I wish people could see the level of excitement, the switch that has, uh, has not even been in this interview yet. But whenever food like pops up, yeah. So seafood, right? What's your favorite type of seafood? Crabs, of course. Is that, of course, because you're what? From Virginia? Because yeah. you're black? Because I'm from Virginia. And, all right. Not because I'm black. No, don't, don't attack me, all right? I just want to I wanna be sure, you know? Okay. I don't want any problems. Okay. I don't want any problems with me here. Crabs and Chinese food. I probably yeah. could eat both of those every single day. Yeah. I'd be content. What, what type of Chinese food? chicken that mm-hmm. you don't finish no, yeah because it's, it's panda express what do you expect you know that's generic i usually don't get that you gotta go to the you gotta go to the mom and pop spots that got all the highest msg levels in it one of the best ones they shut down yeah because of the msg levels no, so north of the state Shades off, might walk with a little bit of a slow bop when a when a babyface song is playing <laughs> in a white suit and all that. With a blazer. Yeah. This is bloody cool. Yeah. Like 
all of a sudden you're just smitten by him. You know what I mean? And it's like, what is the concept? You know, it just logically, it's just, it just doesn't make much sense. It's, but it's the same concept about like Superman, you know? Yeah. Clark Kent. Right. Take glasses off. It's fucking Superman. He take, puts them on. I don't know who he is. <laughs> but, you know, what did you feel about old family matters and that being a, yeah, like growing up, what did you think? How did you perceive Stephen Q. Urkel as a scientist? being a scientist all your life what did you how did you feel about Steve Urkel when he was that versus Stefan Urkel I mean you felt bad for Steve because you were like why are you continuing to chase somebody that doesn't want to be with you I mean then we came Stefan and it was like oh okay I like him I'm like that's kind of messed up bro like what are we teaching kids like you know changing somebody different then you can have what you want but you know I enjoyed the show and I expected I like seeing a nerd on TV I mean I realize I have nerd tendencies. Yeah, what makes you a nerd? I mean, I'm a scientist, so I think that... Uh, all, are, are you saying all scientists? You see that keyword? Oh, oh, <laughs> no, but uh, you feel like scientists are nerds? Most. Most of them. What about book nerds? That's a thing. Yeah. Name three of your favorite albums of all time. this in the, in the show too just so they can know this is a scientist <laughs> mind you a nerd and I mean, you mean the whole app <laughs> three three albums if you can if you can't think of one now think about childhood what was good name three albums that remind you of childhood So that's what you got. You got boys to men, you got Janet, and you got Prince. I'll do it for you because there's no comparison. There's no comparison. Bruno's great. Don't get me wrong. But he, yeah. He's, yeah, exactly. So we'll go with that. So what's the album for of boys to men that you, that you like? How can you have favorite artists and don't know these albums? Like songs. All right. What is the All right. What's your favorite song by boys to men? Yeah, no, that's fine. That's it. Number three is what now? 
Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, not the new one. So Willy Wonka. Kelly, we've reached the end of this uh, interrogation. Uh, <laughs> no, in all seriousness, I do want to say I am very grateful for you being on this platform with me and hopes of like helping impact lives and give people just a different view on life from your perspective. And that's what's so powerful because it's your perspective and people may agree, they may disagree with what you have to say, but all in all it's your perspective and it can help change the way um, you know people see things they may not have looked at before especially science your impact there's a little girl a little boy a black boy white boy whatever little boy but let's just say there's a black girl who can identify with you as a black scientist that's major you know for them to see you and hear your story and be able to do the things that you do but um I said, extremely grateful for you being on the platform. Um, I hope you enjoyed yourself as much as I did doing this interview. And uh, of course, I'm going to have you on other different shows, not necessarily this one, but this one is, you know, interview with Rome to kind of just introduce you and the focus being on you and things about your life that people can, you know, know about Lauren. But um, I appreciate you on that. So, um, from uh, from Romy Mac and um, and Lauren Kelly, this is interview with Rome, and we out.